Test, test, test. Hey! Guys, what's going on? You're probably wondering to yourself, Snow, another podcast already? I had to get this guy on as quick as I possibly could. I'm paying him per second, so I'm losing a lot of money, so this needs to be as fast as we can. I'm just going to ask quick rapid fire. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, guys, seriously, we have Milk Viper on the podcast today. You guys can check him out on his Twitch channel. If we can get a shout-out in my chat, it's exclamation point milk. Should go follow him? He just hit 10,000 followers. The man is a legend, one of my favorite streamers. Milk, thank you for joining me, dude. I appreciate it. Hello, happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, guys, we're going to talk about today's sort of the normal get-up we've been doing for our podcast. We're going to talk about gaming, ESO, streaming, Milk Viper, all that good stuff. So, I guess the first question I really wanted to ask you, Milk, and I, you probably answered this before, but we need to know, where did the name Milk Viper come from? Oh, that's classified. Sorry, I can't tell anybody. You can't, no one can know. It just has to be hidden. No, it's it's funny, it's, it's it's old, it's from an actual milk commercial when they used to have that rocker that did the milk commercials like ages ago, I'm talking over 10 years ago. And uh, it was really funny because he was talking about uh, how he gets like on this riff high and he takes a chug of milk from his milk guitar and then the music comes out and it's like lightning, but it's venom from a viper, from a milk viper. And I was like, oh my God, putting those two words together is hilarious. I like, I love this. And that's when I got the name. Dude, I, I, the name is classic, and that I for some reason I thought you were obsessed with milk, but you're lactose. You can't, you don't even drink milk, so you must love. I can't. Okay, you know I, I, I don't hate them. I've <laughs> never just, owned one, but I'm not I'm not gonna go out of my way to be like let's go look for snakes today. It's like ah, you stay out there in the wild, guys, and we'll be cool. Fair, fair enough. I actually I was telling them guys before the stream started. I'm horrified of snakes. It's like my one big fear. I actually had a nightmare just like two nights ago where there was a snake in my bed, and I jumped right out of bed. I was like, holy crap. I didn't realize how afraid I was of them. So That's funny. I do that with spiders. You're, you're half asleep, and then you're like, was that a spider? Jump, turn all the lights on, looking around like, where is it? Where is it? Was it in my head? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the dream was like there was like a, a snake in a jar, and then the <laughs> snake got out of the jar, and then I'm awake, and I felt something. I swear I felt something move on my feet, and I jumped out of bed so fast. Exactly. You said turn on all the lights, move the cushion, move the bed had to check everywhere for it so but people love the name the other thing i really want to talk about with you was just sort of gaming in general so how long or when when did you get into gaming and sort of like what got you into gaming i guess like my gaming history or where it became something that i was really invested in let's start let's start with the beginning was it like something do you have like a sibling that got you into gaming for me it was my parents who got me into gaming i was just wondering if you could elaborate on the the beginning uh, it was an uncle of mine. He had the Atari 2600, um, and it had the roll ball. So I would sit there, and I would just hit the ball, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Whatever I hit, it moves on the TV. And I was like, I need more of this. And he was the one that would be like, look, I got my Sega. He was like, when he got his PlayStation, he was like, look, I got the PlayStation. And I was like, these are all amazing. Why can't I have these? <laughs> did you? Were your parents, did they not allow it, or did you guys just not, was not something like the family was interested in, or, because my parents thought video games were the devil's brew, so I didn't have them for a while. Uh, no, my dad was like, uh, you're the only one that's going to be using it, like, what about your brother and sister? I'm like, well, I'll play two, and they're like, we don't want it, and so it was two against one, so he's like, nah, you don't need it now, and I was like, okay, cool. That's fair, that. that's fair, In my family, it was the PS4 and the Xbox, and we only ever had one, so it was PS4, or PS2 was the first console because both my brothers wanted it and I wanted the Xbox so I had to wait to the 360 for like my birthday 
Oh, well, at least you got it. Eventually, it was it was a little bit later, but um, and then you just kind of like, did you ever? When was the first console that you owned, and like, what was the first game you owned? The first console I ever owned was actually an NES. It was a secondhand NES from one of my neighbors. It was a friend of mine as a kid, and his dad was selling it because he was wanted to buy his kid something else. And my dad was like, "Yeah, sure, we'll take it." And so I went from Nintendo, and we we me and my brother played the crap out of it, and and then it died. And then it went a while with no games, and then I ended up getting the Saturn because someone owed me money. They're like, I'll give you the Saturn. I was like, okay, I'll play this. And I was like, this is fun. And then I actually got a PlayStation, and I was like, whoa, check this out. And all I had was the demo disc for ages. And all I played was Gran Turismo and Resident, or not Resident Evil, um, Metal Gear Solid in Japanese. And I was like, this is the coolest stuff ever. Wait till I get a real game. And it just took off from there. And I was just like, I need more of these. I feel like, too, the PlayStation was, like, so much more of, like, an adult system. Like, the Nintendo was cool, but it had, like, a lot of, like, cartoony Mario, excuse me, group player games. But then when, I remember when I got the PS2 and I had friends who had, like, the Nintendo, I was playing the PS2 and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much more adult. Like, the, the, uh, what is it, Snake, is that his name? I forget those games now. But it was just, it felt like the PlayStation was much more for older kids and it felt cooler playing it for some reason, at least to me. No, no, definitely, because they had the twisted metal. They had the games that Nintendo didn't touch because Nintendo was like, no, man, it's Mario and we're friends. And PlayStation was like, you want to set someone on fire in a truck? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was definitely meant catered towards a more teen audience. And Nintendo was like, hey, man, you like the Pokemans? You want to be 12 or some something like that? It was interesting. For like, but, yeah. For, for some reason, I feel like, too, at least, so I'm 23. I feel like people who are around my age, we were like one of the first generations to get games that we shouldn't have gotten at our age like I was playing like Grand Theft Auto at way too young of an age and I felt like parents were much I, I don't know I, you find I find older generations like much more strict and kids when I talk to them especially in this podcast people will be like well either they weren't allowed to touch them or oh I was playing them at such a young age that they were just handed to me I'm like wow that's kind of kind of weird like the PS2 being in so many young children's palms at such a young age I don't think I was very young I mean uh, during my era um Mortal Kombat was on the news, so like, does this make your kid a homicidal maniac? And it was like, no, it's just go to the arcade, kick someone's butt, and come home. So that's like, you know, violent video games back then was Mortal Kombat knocking people's heads off, and that's what we were playing, and my parents were totally okay with it. My mom loved it. She Well, she loves martial arts, so she was just like, kick his butt, and I'm like, okay, mom, calm down. Yeah, why am I... Who was it? It's not. It's the Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat. My stepdad actually just got like the remastered NES. Like it has an HDMI port in the back, and so oh, it actually goes into like a new TV and it has like 20 games on it. it has like the old Mario Kart, the old uh, Zelda game, and it has like one of those fighting games. And like my family loves it. So I don't know where that attached to, but to your mom liking Mortal Kombat, my mom loves those games. She has like a bad day at work. She comes home. She goes, "Play me!" And I forget the name of the game. She's like, "Play me in the game," and then she'll try to like beat me up in there. So, <laughs> maybe it's a good therapeutic release. I don't know. There you go. That works. But um, also now, what got you into Elder Scrolls? What was your first Elder Scrolls game? Now, this is a funny story. Um, I went into a GameStop a long time ago, and I had I really fell in love with Fable, the Fable 1. I really enjoyed it. And I remember I went in there, and I was looking around the guys, like, can I help you with all? I kind of want to play a game that was like Fable, where you can make choices, and there's combat and like medieval-esque and he handed me oblivion he was like check this out and i was like what's this he was all it's a really cool game it's really huge you might love it check it out if you don't don't worry about it so i went home and i put a couple hours into it and i was like yeah i'm not feeling this nope and then i put that back 
And then years later, Skyrim was coming out. My friends like, yo, you're going to love Skyrim. You're going to love it. Check it out. And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, come on. And I was like, fine. I bought Skyrim and I put 1300, 1400 hours into it. And I was like, this has to be one of the greatest games ever made. These people are geniuses. And you know, I went and looked back at Oblivion again, played it, and I never beat it. I still have it on my PC and I still haven't beaten it. But it's just like, wow, giant open world where I can literally do whatever I want. These are amazing. And then the lore and you find the books and you read about the Daedra, the Aedra and things that are going on. It's like, this is awesome. And I just stuck with it ever since. Yeah, when people when people ask me about like why ESO, why Elder Scrolls, I'm like, because you literally feel like you're in a different different universe. Like the amount of attention to detail they put towards their lore and stuff, especially in Skyrim, it's like over eight hundred freaking books. It's like, oh my god, someone took the time to write these. Like that's gotta be like the most underappreciated job of all time. Um, so I, I definitely agree. And Skyrim was actually my first one as well. I don't even consider myself a gamer until I played Skyrim. I really didn't know what I liked in video games. I would just play like Minecraft with my friends, play Halo, Call of Duty, but when I got into when I played Skyrim, I was like, holy crap. I don't even want to go to school today. I don't like <laughs> like I don't want to do anything else. And the other thing too is how I don't know how many times I bought it. Um, I don't know about you, but I owned it for Xbox One, Xbox 360, PC, PC Anthropo or um, I think it was uh, Anthology, the PC Special Edition, like all these different purchases. It's insane how many times they've re-released that game. Dude, yeah, playing it on the Samsung fridge. Oh man, are you getting those ice? You just just hitting them buttons. <laughs> um. uh, Todd Howard, I mean, he said it at uh, oh, it wasn't PAX. What was it called? E3. He said, "We'll stop." selling it when you guys stop buying it it's like every time they re-release it people just go crazy they want it for the next thing it came out for the switch just recently and people were like stop doing this and then it was like no people are still want it so <laughs> and i feel like the I modding community keeps it fresh as well there's always a new mod i'm trying out if i'm bored or something so oh yeah the mining community keeps games like that that have the flexibility to have that many mods when they're alive because it's, it's it's kind of a fresh experience when you install or remove mods and changes the world for you and changes combat. So every time it's like, whoa, this is completely different. I love this. It's a it's a feel, uh, you know, it's, it's a good feeling experience. I always tell people you can never go home again when it talks about games, how they want remasters and remakes of the old ones. But I feel with mods, you can kind of get that little semblance of like, ooh, a fresh experience with some familiarity. Exactly, exactly. And some of those mods add, like, different stories. Like, I remember there was one, I forget the name, but it was, like, of an old Dwemer ruin, and it was this really fleshed-out story that this modder worked on, and it felt like a DLC. I was like, oh my gosh! Like, And it's nice that Bethesda releases all the code, all the ways to mod it, so people can go in and do that. It's it's actually genius. It keeps the game very relevant, so I agree. Um, the other thing, now let's talk about, let's talk about the big bad, let's talk about Elder Scrolls Online. So, were you in it when it first came out? Did you come and do it a little later? Give us the ESO story. What's Elder Scrolls Online? What's that? Dude, it's this, it's this MMO. <laughs> it has this community. I don't know. Just take your best guess. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, again, I, re I remember reading it in a Game Informer. I think it was from GameStop. And I was like, what the hell is this? An Elder Scrolls MMO? What? You know, like, that kind of blew me away. I was like, all right. I like the Elder Scrolls franchise. I like the lore. But I don't know about MMOs because my only experience with MMOs back, MMOs back then was like RuneScape and then this failed one that was on Xbox. The, started with the D. I don't remember the rest of it. But it was, it had, oh, Deviance? Defiance. 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 I've never yeah, played, I played this that. Oh, it was, it was butts. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. But I was really like 
like you know what i'm just gonna keep following along the information see how it went and uh, they started doing betas and i was like oh crap i kind of want to get into this and so i signed up for the betas i got into them i was like holy crap i had no clue what to do because my brain was like skyrim online first character ever made on the beta dark elf nightblade bow user you can go ahead and beat the crap out of me. It's fine. It's the first dude I ever used. Couldn't kill anything. Died left and right. Was like, okay, maybe this is... Maybe I need to rethink this. This game is really hard. And then every subsequent beta, I would try different characters. And I was like, okay, it's getting better. It's getting, I'm not dying as much. And then when the game came out to full release, I was like, yeah, Imperial Templar. Because, you know, I'm about the Imperial Edition. And let's just say that at Veteran Rank 2, I was like, yeah. But I was, I was in it way back when. Like, there's stuff I can remember that nobody to this day will have ever seen unless you were there yeah i was, was a really cool. uh, i was a uh, beta tester too and i remember i me and my friends got on and i got on like a little late and i couldn't catch up to them because you remember everything was scaled so like certain areas if you ran into it too low a level you were done you had to stay i was ep at the time you had to stay in stone falls <laughs> if you tried to go anywhere else you were screwed and then also there was uh like XP drop if you were playing with someone five levels higher than you. So, like, if you're doing a quest that was five levels higher, you got less XP. And I was like... Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. And so I remember I got on, and I just couldn't catch up. And then also the $15 a month was the hardest thing for me to swallow. I remember when we first heard that it was going to be an MMO, we were so excited. Like, you were. Like, we were like, it, it sounds good, but we were like, we can play together. Because that was our one thing with Skyrim. We would always fantasize about, like, what if we were able to do a quest together? Like, what if we were able to do that role-playing experience, but do it together? And then when the $15 a uh, month came out, we were all so disappointed. Uh, I didn't play. I actually didn't play till Tamriel 1, till it went free. Or a couple months before, I guess. But, um... Oh, I'm having a brain fart right now. I was going to say, did you did you stay with the game through the whole $15 a month all the way till free-to-play? Like, have you left it all, or have you been basically with uh, yourself since? I played three, three or four months. I was paying for subscription, I stayed with it, but... Uh, it was really difficult. Um, builds were all over the place. Stamina characters didn't exist back then. Uh, everything was a health build. Uh, and it was just really hard unless you knew MMOs like the back of your hand. It was really hard to actually advance. And since I wasn't in any guilds that I was like, hey, let's get together and do stuff. You know, they all had their own clicks. I was like, well, I'm out of here. I'm not having fun anymore. I'm done. And I stopped playing it. And uh, I remember tweeting out to Firor. Firor? The director, the guy who's in charge of all it, I was like, hey, when's it coming out for console? And he tweeted back, we're coming out with some more information, stay tuned. And I was like, he legitimately tweeted at me. <laughs> Holy crap. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll take a look when it comes back, comes out on console. And uh, I got an email and it was like, hey, it's coming out on console, 20 bucks. You get to clone your entire PC account over. And I was like, hey, that's a, that's a deal. Okay. And it was 20 bucks for Xbox and PS4. So I did it on both. And... I was like, all right. And then uh, after they had one Tamriel and I read all about it, I was like, okay, so they, they made it better. I would jump back in and I was, you know, not subscription. And then I, I just went from there. And when I came back, I was CP 50, I think. And I was like, what the hell is CP? Because when, when I left, they were just talking about CP. It wasn't even anything fleshed out. When I had stopped playing ESL, it was like, we're, we're, we're talking about this idea about uh, championship points. And they were explaining what they did. And to do the first trial that came out by the time I left, like Craglorn was still brand new. And so when I came back to it on PS4, I played it off stream a ton because I was like, I need to figure out what I'm doing. So I'd be researching, uh, you know, Googling stuff. And it was Gilliam, the rogue. I'm like, okay, well, what's he saved? What do I should do? 
Nightblades, not doing that. Okay, next guy. And, you know, then I decided one day, hey, I'm going to start streaming this game. Maybe people can help me with it. And that's when it kind of just took off when yeah. I came back to it. It sounds like we left about the same time. I'm about the same story, except I never transferred my guys. So <laughs> I was... I left, and they were talking. Champion points were out. I'm pretty sure there was a time where you got vet ranks and champ points. So you were like vet two, champion one, like 50, and the champ points were being allocated like the skill trees and Skyrim sort of thing. And then they eventually said, like you said, just get rid of vet ranks altogether. And then I came back a little bit later, and I played on Xbox, but I, I didn't transfer. And I think one of the interesting things we can talk about a little bit is a lot of people. Not including myself, because I kind of understand why they don't, but want to have that transfer available from console to PC now. And people always bring up what you just said. Well, we were able to do co PC to console when it came out. And I always like think, yeah, but they probably like don't have the tech or the resources to move over everyone who would want to move over. So I kind of want to get your opinion on, should we be moving people over? Or do you think it's not worth it? Just regrind. Um, Rich Lambert actually told me in chat why he says said it just it's not feasible to do that um, that he would love to but they just can't and he was in my chat when he said it because people were asking and I asked him straight up hey man you know like would I be able to clone my PS4 account to everything that'd be great and he was just like no we just can't do that it was a one time deal we did at the very beginning and it's just nothing not something that we can do and I was like oh okay well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the thing I've talked about with a lot of people is they said maybe if just CP could be transferred, nothing else. That would, I mean, for me, that would be huge. Because, you know, you can go regrind your gear, but again, like you said, they probably, they're literally working on a DLC every quarter. I feel like Somerset came out and we're already talking about, like, Merc Mile. It's like, no time to even sit on it, so I, I bet they're busy, so that's fair that's, enough. No. That's just the nature of MMOs. People That's the funny thing about MMOs is, as far as like the content release, this, they come into this cycle where big, big, big expansions. Let's, let's put DLC, let's put a fancy name on it. It's all DLC. It's all downloadable content. But hey, let's throw out this big expansion. Okay, people play it, and then they either burn through it, don't don't care about it, and then like, what's the next piece? The next one comes out, they're like, oh, you're putting out either one, too many, too many, or you're not fixing the bugs from the last one, and you're bringing a new bug. So it's always, it's a vicious cycle. It really is, and I think for a lot of the people who were Elder Scrolls players, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. It was tough for me to swallow at first, and I was going to ask you about this as well. Is like ESO, obviously, their whole thing was, hey, we're going to be for Elder Scrolls players and MMO players. We're going to bring the two communities together. I, I'm always interested, do you think it is more Elder Scrolls catered or more MMO catered? And I'm not going to tell you what I think because I'm very interested to hear first. Um, it is definitely more MMO catered. Right, it is extremely heavily MMO catered with light ESO lore sprinklings on top of it. Uh, and that's something that people have to understand if they come to it from the previous Elder Scrolls franchises. You can't jump into this game and act like you're in Skyrim. It's just the, the combat system, the way it works, um, your skills, your resources, it all doesn't work like that. So if you try to approach it and then you're like, well, this game's not fun. It's like, okay, stop thinking it's Oblivion or Morrowind or Skyrim and say, oh, it's an MMO. Hey, look at that. It's Vivek. What's up? High five. I remember you. That's how you have to look at it. You can't come at it as an Elder Scrolls game with MMO pieces. It is first and foremost an MMO in every sense of the word MMO. And everything after that is just a little bit of Elder Scrolls sprinkled on top just to keep you connected to the lore. Uh, yeah, 100%. I've, I've had the argument with some people who said, well, it should be more Elder Scrolls based. And I'm like, yeah, but the MMO is part is what's keeping it alive. You know, the constant content, the way builds change, 
the way you have to play certain like like if you are a stamina DPS if you want to have maximum damage you have to be wearing five pieces of medium armor you need those passive abilities it's like you just you can't do it any other way and I think like you said if you're not playing that way you're not gonna have as much fun and I started off playing that way when I started streaming forever ago and I was just playing like I was a Nord heavy armor DPS and like does that make any sense no and then I was 100%. using like like spells in one hand because I was a sword, but then I was a, using a two-handed weapon. And people would come in, they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "It's Skyrim 2." Like, <laughs> and obviously it wasn't. So, but then once I switched and started actually learning about builds, watching how people do things, I think that actually makes the game more fun. I don't know about you, but I love that. So, I, mean, I, I like it too. I like watching people that create content. I also like creating my my own builds or whatever, and just having fun with it, seeing if things work. And that's the beauty of it. But you have to, like, if you want to see how things work, there's still templates and parameters that you can't go past if you want to be successful in certain content. Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly. And I think when people come and ask, I'm always like, hey, maybe go watch a build, see if it works, and maybe change some things that you don't like. Then it's kind of your own, but you're fitting those parameters. So. Yeah, man, if you want to go run around in six pieces of heavy with one weird piece of light that's fine with no helmet that's fine just don't don't bother me none yeah yeah i always say those are questing builds those are role-playing builds you know ones where you're not doing that end game content but you're going out and you're questing and you're listening to lore and you're kind of just doing that because i feel like the the questing can be done by just about any build as long as you just have some knowledge on how to use the abilities that are on your bar even if they're not being utilized correctly so there is space for them in the game well, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's one of the things that the game has that no other game has is kind of like you can choose your own adventure. You can play how you want. You can legitimately play how you want. But there's certain caveats to that. Like if you're just going to be a quester, you want to learn the lore, you want to faff around, you can be anything. You want to be that Argonian werewolf, sword and board, resto staff, DPS healing tank, do whatever you want. But as soon as you want to start doing content where it requires certain builds, then you have to pump your brakes on that. And then you have to kind of start changing towards those parameters. Otherwise, you're going to be like, I'm dying everywhere. Help me. Yeah. And I think one of ESO's biggest problems is I don't think their questing is as good as Skyrim's or Oblivion's. And I feel like when I want to go quest, I will do it in ESO, but I find myself more rushing it to get the XP and finish it than I do in Skyrim where I deeply immerse myself. And I don't know why that is, and it might just be me, but when it comes to the content like you're talking about where you need to have these specific group members who are doing specific things in a certain way, I love that. I think that's what ESO excels at because you can't do that in Skyrim. You and me can't log on in Skyrim and go do a dungeon together and get all these really cool, this cool loot and these cool skins. But in ESO we can. We just have to kind of follow some rules because there is some form of meta, at least for each build on what they like the, the parameters you can't go out of so well as far as like the lore or the, the quest not being as good they're not as fully fleshed out but i have to give it up for the story writing for um vardenfell or morrowind and for somerset some they blew me away they were actually really good they had very good voice actors who felt they were dedicated to the roles and it it pulled you along uh, where some of the characters you can throw them off a cliff and not give a crap about there was I felt that a lot of the, the story I was like really interested in interaction between the characters versus them standing there going 
alright, Vestige, go get me lotion and rub my feet. It was more like, hey man, I'm gonna talk to you about the fact that my wife and I split up because of this, and you're like, oh, okay, ooh. And I think in that aspect, they're actually trying to create a better questing and, and more immersive story than the typical, hey, can you go kill 10 donkeys and bring me their butts? Cool, thanks. Thanks for the 10 donkey butts. I'll see you tomorrow. Here are my boots. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, I, I think they're doing a lot better than than how they originally released the game, where the questing was very boring, to say the least. Like It's just like, oh, hey, our people are killing us again. Can you stop them? I, I literally just did that 10 minutes ago. Can you do it again? Uh, yeah, okay, I'll be back. I agree 100%, and I was going to say that too. I, I think every DLC, I even think Orsinium Dude had a great story, and that was a while ago when that came out. And I think when the people at Zoss have more time to focus on like one region, one full story with that, that you can flesh out more and not add as much. Like that quality over quantity really steps up when you have these smaller DLCs come out like Somerset or Morrowind. And I do agree, the story writing is getting better and I love that they're taking that conscious effort to say, hey, we still care about the Elder Scrolls fans and we still want that to be important to this game. We know the MMO part is important to more people, obviously, but we want the questers, the role players to still have really fun storyline like i loved the end of the somerset storyline i was i was like oh my gosh like alternate universe what's going on right now like it was insane so i agree with you 100 percent. yeah somerset was somerset is really good yeah we'll see how Merkmire holds up I, I, we, I, we can talk about that actually so i personally and maybe it's just because shadow of the hist was just dungeons i didn't i wasn't super excited at first about going back to black marsh I really wanted something to do with the Daggerfall Covenant or to do with Skyrim. That was just me, though. But what were your, like, initial thoughts on Merkmire, and are you excited for it from what you've seen? Well, I've played it on the PTS. Oh, yeah. Um, also PTS. I haven't, I haven't done any questing. I did the uh, the new trial arena. It's really good. That's uh, the four-person one, right? Like Dragonstar? Yeah. Okay. It's super good. Um, the sets and how they built the land is really nice. They actually through color into the game which the game is kind of bland with its browns and low greens but it, it's a really pretty environment i think it looks really cool but you know until i jump in the story i mean it's going to be a typical story where it's like the chosen one has come to save us chaos will he get the stones in time kind of things but as far as what i've seen from it i really like it and it's it's um i was kind of hoping from a different area honestly i wanted to see maybe elsewhere uh, maybe let's go to Whiterun. Let's go, you know, I really want them to fill out Skyrim because that was my home. That was my first Elder Scrolls, so I want to revisit my home. But since they're like, oh, let's go with our Guardians, I'm like, you know what, I'm not even mad about that because, you know, when, when they release content, it's very, very humanoid-centric. It's like, hey, look, these dirty elves or these dirty Nords or whatever. Now it's like these dirty Argonians. Like, oh, hey, I don't see you every day like that. Cool. No, yeah, 100%. I, I agree, and that's good that they're adding color. That's actually interesting. I've never like thought about. There are some very bland greens on the trees and the ground with like the dirt and stuff. It's not an extremely colorful game, so it's nice they're adding that with Merkmire. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for it. I, like I said, I'm always the kind of person I put my best foot forward, even if I'm not like ah, I didn't really want to go here. Because I agree, like we don't have White Run, we don't have Markarth, we don't have Solitude and Skyrim. I'm like, man, this is some good content. That would pull a lot of people back, and especially Elder Scrolls fans, because most Elder Scrolls players, Skyrim was the big daddy, the one we all burnt a good chunk of our life in. So, but hey. That's that's 100% true. People are going to say, oh, it was Morrowind. No, it was not. Look at sales. Yeah, Skyrim exactly. won. 
Skyrim is still winning. Though people will always be like, this is my first. It's like the first, your first experience in any franchise is always going to be your favorite because it's the one that was like, oh, this is amazing. Like for me, it's Skyrim. First, I, I played Oblivion. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm done with this. But when I jumped to Skyrim, I was like, you mean I can hold a sword and shoot fire? Okay. Where do okay. I sign up? And I, so a couple things. First of all, I was talking to Kev to it last night. I agree with that 100%. I feel like Skyrim opened up more creativity towards the new player. Well, with Oblivion, you had to pick a certain class. You got certain things from that class, so you felt like you were kind of locked down. Well, with Skyrim, you just had a perk tree, and you don't like the sword anymore? Throw it away. Just start shooting fireballs, and you'll learn it. So, I mean, some people hated that, but me personally, I thought that was genius because it made it so much more approachable for people like you and me who didn't fall in love with Oblivion. We were like, wow, this is like either you get this or you don't, and if you don't, the game is butts. But with Skyrim, everyone got it, so... Yeah, definitely. That's 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 how it was. It was like I say, Skyrim is very much choose your own adventure. Like my our, all my characters in Skyrim were extremely RP focused. Uh, they each had their own individual stories, their own names. They wouldn't do certain, you know, use certain weapons. They wouldn't do certain things in the game, and that's was like super fun. Oblivion was cool in that aspect, but I always felt that Oblivion was too soft. If that makes any sense, not it just I, felt, yeah. you know, everyone was like, "Oh, I am so mad at you," but if you could. Give me this muffin. We're best friends. I'm like, I just stabbed your wife. Here's a muffin. We're good? Cool. Talk to you later. And it just, I mean, Oblivion was huge. I, I love Oblivion for how big it was, but it always felt like you were you were a little restricted on how you could approach it. And that's why I felt Skyrim was a lot better. And also, I was really good at modding Skyrim, so that one was like, eh, which one am I going to pick? That, yeah, definitely the mods in Skyrim were good. I love the Oblivion when you talk to someone, it goes so close up to their face that it was like, hi, how are you doing? And then it would go so close, it kind of broke my immersion. I was like, Jesus, that's scary. Like, especially if the NPC was ugly as all heck, and you're like, God. Like, so, I thought I thought Skyrim fixed a lot of things. But, um, let's talk about what, I always ask, I ask this, these are questions I ask to all the people on the podcast. What is your favorite thing about Yeshua? Like, what's the one thing that keeps you coming back every day besides Ritz? that you just really like. You can say Ritz, but I figured I had to put that in there. You already said Ritz, so... Um, no. <laughs> the community. Um, the Elder Scrolls community is the thing that keeps me coming back to it every day. Every freaking day, because they're just great people, excited about the game still, and that's something that, that as a content creator, is fascinating to still see people excited about that. And it's just, it's super fun. You're, you're They're doing the journey with you, you know? You guys are experiencing it all together. The highs and the lows. And it's just what keeps me going with this game. It was it was a it was a gamble for for me too when I was like, I don't know if I should do the ESO thing. I don't know if I should stream it, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try it out. And the community has been completely amazing, and it's I honestly think is the best community on Twitch. Oh, me too, me too. And I think uh, the way they're able to stomp out hate when someone brings it in is really great too. Um, being being a streamer, you obviously I've had plenty of trolls come in, and the community is so good at being like no wrong and then everyone wants the ban hammer and everyone just stays positive so that's very very solid answer yeah that that there was a while there where there was a lot of negativity and eso had a bad rap for a hot minute they were like oh their community's toxic and it's it's hateful and blah 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 and then a lot of people started saying you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna push this out and then now it's full of people who are just like you see an inner positivity chill stream come hang out give me a high five and it's like whoa this is really good and whenever any of that negativity grows it's immediately extinguished like 
like people are just like, nope, nope, you need to pump your brakes, son. You need to get that out of here. And then people are like, ha, out. Yeah, one of the best examples of that, and I, I really don't mean to bring up any controversy, was uh, when they, I remember on Twitter at least, I saw when they announced drops for ESOT members, which by anyone who doesn't know, Elder Scrolls just picks um, very popular streamers for ESO and makes them part of the team, and basically they just represent Zoss. And so Zoss was like, let's let these people do some of the some of the big giveaways. And a lot of the smaller people were like spreading a lot of hate, at least from what I saw. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, like why is everyone so triggered? Like these people worked their butts off to get where they are. It's not like they're on Zoss's payroll. And I almost tweeted about it, but I was like, I don't want to. But like the community in general was coming out and saying like, hey. We need to support the big people just as we support the small people. It's not like we're against them. Like, let's help them out. And it was really awesome to see that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember um, Inklings was talking about that, uh, how he was getting a lot of people upset at him because he was like, I'm the torch bug guy. You want your torch bug? Come to me, you get a torch bug. And, you know, it was like, oh, this cool, unique little item that's super rare. I really want this, you know, but, oh, only so-and-so gets it. And it's like, well, because he's put his time. He's been seen as somebody that they go, I mean, you know what? We like you. We like we like what you do. So we're going to give you a little bit extra. And that's just basically what the stream team is, is they enjoy the, what you provide. They enjoy what you represent as a channel. And then they go, okay, well, because you're awesome, we want you in our cool kids crew. And we're going to give you a little, little things to give to your people. And it's not like, oh, you're in a stream team? Hey, guess what? You have to hold on to this stuff and you keep it forever and just give it to your five friends. It's no, it's, you give it to the community. Exactly. And a lot of people don't like that they may have not been picked for the team or how the team was like oh they must have missed me it's like no it literally is random and it's it's super it's a it's a treat to know that you're streaming a game you enjoy with the community you love and then the developers are literally in investing themselves into the content creators which is i don't think i've ever seen that before yeah and i, I think it's super it. cool yeah i love it and i love all the people on the stream team and that's why i'm like I wasn't salty. I'm like, you know what? You work hard, you get rewarded. Like, that's the way things are supposed to work. And every person on that team, look them up. They had struggles streaming. Then they worked their butts off and they got to where they are. And the other thing, too, and I know this sounds so silly, you can open up two tabs. You can go watch the guy doing his giveaway and you can go watch a smaller streamer you're supporting. I feel like so many people are like, I only can watch one streamer at a time. Like, no, you don't have to. Like, watch a couple. Like, I always tell people if, like, so I've streamed with some people, or I've done this podcast with people who are going to stream right after, and I say, guys, there's this thing called two tabs. You can open up two tabs, and you can support ed everyone you want. And so it's not, I just, I don't think it's that big a deal, and I think it gives the community a chance to come to Twitch for people who haven't. And ESO said, hey, these people are really good representatives of what our community is about. So I, I don't see the problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you let people walk all over you, they're going to complain that the, the you're too bumpy for the road. They're going to be like, yo, you need to be flat. But with the drops, I think that's super good for the directory as a whole, because I skim through it to see people on the top of the boards and the bottom to see, hey, there's people like spread out everywhere here. And that's super awesome that, you know, it's for everyone. I think it'd be super silly if it was like, oh, only drop for the stream team. It's like, no, in fact, that's don't do that. Put it everywhere. And they did. And I think that's awesome because then the directory comes to life and it gets higher on Twitch. And then people are like, what's this game? Let me check this out. Oh, hey, this seems like a cool game. That guy's stabbing stuff in the face. What's that do? Hey, buddy, I'm new to your stream. Blah, 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 blah. Game. Should I get this? And I always say, yes. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, cool. And then, you know, then you get somebody who else gets in the game. It's not like 
it's not like i'm being on stream team i don't get paid from from zoss i don't you know i get fun little benefits that i give to you guys none of this is going to benefit me in the whole like oh, i'm not like oh tax right off all oh, you guys haha -ha, money no it's like hey i can now give you guys stuff instead of going broke trying to buy stuff for you from the crown store to give away i think that's super awesome i also think the crown gifting is pretty cool but yeah. it's super yeah. good for the whole directory when when everyone gets drops because it puts it up higher people check it out then gets more people in there and the community just grows from there yeah and i again right back to the thing you can people open up more streams because they want to get those drops you know every stream you open up and you hang out in for a little bit you get some drops so what i do when there's drops and i find a lot of new small streamers and i say hey what's going on happy to see you streaming and then i go play eso and kind of give the hard lurk for a little bit then go type a little bit and I, like i like you said it just grows the community more people come and hang out in the whole directory no matter who they pick like the ESO community is a team together. We're all trying to make the game survive. and we're all, Like, when one person's doing great, that's awesome. No one else should be jealous. They should be like, all right, that person did it. Now, how, 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 do, I get, how do I do that? Like, where do, how hard do I have to work? So, it's not, I don't know. I don't like the competition some streamers put in between each other, and I just think it's kind of silly. Well, it's a necessity, though, because we're all a business. We're oh, all an independent enough. business. But at the same time, we're all part of the, the same directory. So... There has to be some kind of understanding between each other, even if it's like, oh, I don't like so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's cool. That's cool. But you can say that behind closed doors. You can just chill and just continue on your date. But yeah, like some people that try to draw lines, it's like, no, let's just be more chill. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy how the, I don't want to say this circle, but like, for a while it was uh only certain streamers in the directory were contacting each other or, talk, or like chilling and now it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger where everyone's now getting you know in in each other's community everyone's known like hey oh hey so and so i know you like like you you'll go in like ninja's chat and they'll be like hey snowstorm what's up hey i know you and it's like hey that's super cool yeah. you know you're you're becoming a more commonplace name for everyone in who may not have seen you yeah it's, it's and that's awesome. that's super awesome yeah, and people will ask, and they'll be like, "So, like, how do you how do you grow your stream?" And I'm like, "You just need to like like you said before, like the stream started. We need to have fun. You need to have fun. People need to see you having fun, and you just like build your community off whatever you love in ESO. Some people build it off role playing. Some people build it off PVP. Some people build it off housing. And you know, just focus on you. Don't focus on everyone else around you. So, wait, you have fun? Sometimes when you're when I'm watching you, not really, but myself sometimes. Yeah, I try to enjoy." you know no, no one no one told me we we're allowed to have fun with this no, huh. it's, it's work it's just hard cold work that's that i'm going to fortnite <laughs> you said that today and it killed me but that's um, just a, a joke no it's, it's fair dude I, I fortnite blows me away but we'll talk about that in a hot minute so i also want to talk about we talked about what you love as a community if there was one thing you could change or one thing that kind of rubbed you the wrong way with dso if there's nothing that's completely fine but i feel like everyone has like that one gripe and I'll tell you mine after, but is there anything if you could just like change about the game you would? Modifiable UI for console UI. So being able to like move things around in the UI so it could be the Let way me adjust the size, let me put the plate let me put them in different places, let me adjust things how I want, and let me remap my buttons. Of course you could be like, go back to keyboard. Shush. I want to use my controller. Let me remap my controller. Let me adjust the UI scaling. That's what I would love. If they could, if, if I could only pick one thing, I'm only gonna, I'm gonna decide with the with the people who play controllers. Go with that. That would be awesome, especially. There's some things you have to go digging for. Trust me, I'm new to mouse and keyboard. 
going to find like the group finder or going to find just your group and then making someone leader, you got to go into like four different tabs. It's like, oh god, and at first, for new people, that's hard to adjust to. It looks a lot like Skyrim, and I understand what they were doing. They're like, alright, let's make it look kind of like Skyrim, so it's familiar, but I feel like it could be set up better and personalized for different people. So that's actually a really, really good one. I hadn't heard that one yet, so... You're welcome. <laughs> um, I my Honestly, I don't know what my thing would be. My thing would just be... and I know it sounds bad, but like more bug fixes, especially for console. At least on Xbox, there's been a lot of struggle. And I feel like a lot of people leave the game just because it doesn't work correctly all the time, and some people get so triggered that they leave. Do I agree with that? No, but I think leaving... I think if, like, Zoss came out and said, Hey, for this DLC we're coming out, it's going to be a smaller DLC, and we're going to focus a lot on a big patch for a lot of bugs. Now, that could just create more bugs, but I feel like it would spark enough excitement with older, older players that they might come back. I don't know how you feel about that, but it's one of the things I think would actually be really good. Um, three weeks ago they talked about that actually about they they one of the one of the new leads they had uh they brought in to what was his title i forget his title but basically he's in charge of the teams that like focus on these bugs and these issues and he was telling everybody that he, they're well aware that there's these bugs but some of them like you'll see certain bugs happen here and there and it's under a specific circumstance that this bug happens and they're trying to fix it and they're trying to replicate it and they and it's just like something that's super hard and they have like a list on high priority, low priority. And when you fix one thing, you can invertibly screw everything up above it and below it. So it's very like, I think the way they have the game and how they have it constantly switching instances is very hard to isolate the bugs since it's not single server based like a typical MMO. Like since I'm not on server Vivek and you're on ser server Akatosh, there it would be like, oh, okay, we can scale these problems down because it's a singular type of server that has X amount of people limited to it. But since it's constantly changing instances, I think that's what makes it harder for them to actually nail down specifically in PvP, since that's all over the place. Even though those are campaigns that are separate, the way that the instances are loading and how you can fall through the fall through the planet, infinite run bugs, this weird things that they're just like, oh, we're trying to figure this out. But you ran at the hill at this proper angle at this time and the server tick clicked and then it put you in this part and then it was like, I don't know where you're at. So I just dropped you to the ground and you're just like, oh, I'm dead. Yeah, sometimes the bugs are so specific. It, like you said, it's it's like you have to take a toothpick to something they might try to fix with a sludge hammer, and it might break ten different things. So, completely, completely fair. I think the other thing that would be cool would be add-ons in console. In some way, I actually made a video where it talked about like maybe each DLC just implement like one add-on, like a usable mini-map you could turn on and off that you could put on, um, or a combat metric sort of thing. Because a lot of DPS don't know how much damage they're actually doing, and it's. You know, some people can't parse very well. I'm not one of those people, but some people struggle. So those are some other things that I've talked about before. Uh, they, they could. I mean, we've talked about it in the community a lot about, like, you have one character that's completely achievement for finding every Sky Shard in the game. I don't know if you have one, but my main on PS4 has every Sky Shard. Every literally has this guy. I can purchase them. And they should unlock it for all your other characters and show it visible on the map, at least. Like, hey, it's over here. Instead of you're like, okay, let me pull up this screen or pull up my phone and then go for it. I think that as well as lore books, um, finding up to Mage's Guild 10 should unlock all of them for your characters to wander around and go, oh, look, it's over here. I think those could be implemented in the game, but I also don't know if there's like console um, limitations that don't allow it. Specifically, yeah. I know mini maps were put, mini maps, the ones that you see, the add ons, they're using the info that's actually built into the game. People didn't add that themselves. They're literally pulling that 
pulling it out and like, oh, look, we're activating it. The reason they took it out is because it's such a massive strain on the CPU, or it was. People have been getting better at them um, for for you to utilize them. And I think that if they had it in minimaps on console, it would just further uh, create issues with lag, specifically lag on the consoles, because consoles are, they need to be updated. No, 100%. And that was always like the, the rebuttal to my thing is, you know, what can the console actually do and have the game still run properly? Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but on Xbox, my old Xbox One, it, it struggles on some things. PvP is always a push for it. Uh, big group events are always a push, and it starts to drop frames and will crash. So adding mini-maps <laughs> may not be the best idea, and adding those plugins may not be the best idea. But I know a lot of console players who feel trapped because they don't have that nice PC yet, and they see a lot of things the PC players can do and they're like, damn, I wish I just could see every lore book on the corner of my screen instead of having my phone down here going on hold every five minutes because it's taking me forever to find the book and it's not in the exact spot that it's supposed to be, so... Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But um, the last thing, well, not the last thing, I guess one of the last things about ESO was for some reason, I don't know why this is, but you're known as a good player in the community. I've watched you and as you said to me, you think I'm trash, I think you're trash, but... If you had any tips to give new incoming ESO players, like what would be like that one tip when they come in? Like what should they do to like just kind of get a grip on the game? What what's one thing that's important? Take it slow. Don't rush. Endgame will be there. Endgame will always be there. Don't worry about it. Learn your character. Quest. Enjoy the game. Get the XP. Kill things in the game. See what happens when you press this button. Go punch that guy with three million health. Oh, he killed you. Learn from that. That's one thing that new players need to do. There's always this sense of rush. They have to get to endgame. They have to get to, how can I get to max level? How can I get to max CP? How can I get to this? And my response is always, play the game. They don't like it. They want to get there in an hour. Sorry, can't happen, buddy. If you're brand new, pump your brakes, relax, enjoy the game. Yeah, it's one of the most frequent asked questions I get is, how do I get to endgame? How do I get to 780? I'm like, if there was a quick way, I would tell everyone because there's not. My my tip is find people around your level and level with them because then it doesn't feel as much of a grind. You're kind of going through it together. Like I had a group of friends on Xbox and we were always right around the same 20 CP. So we were always doing like new things together, like beating certain dungeons. So I think that's huge, just finding people to play with. Because when you're playing with people who are so much higher level than you, you're like, crap, how do I get here this fast? How do I get here this fast? So... Oh yeah, I mean, I showed it on stream. I got, uh, I made a maglite on PS4. In three days, I was level by questing, literally questing in dungeons. I was level fifty, and I was like, "It's three days," and all I did was finish Stonefalls. Got halfway to Deshawn. I was done. I was like, "Boom, fifty," and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" I was like, "No, it's not. It's literally the game throws XP at you. You just have to be there to catch it." That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it, especially with like the daily rewards now and stuff. Like I just got the three 150 XP scrolls. It's like, wow, that's a huge boost. It's like that's really yeah, nice. They're trying to help people get there. Yes, they are. They they know that the CP grind towards the end of it. Like let's say you're mid tier CP, you're like 400. You're like ah oh, 780. Well, sorry buddy, 810s around the corner, so you need to catch up. Here's a couple 150 XP scrolls, but you gotta use those wisely. Don't AFK and Deshaun popping a scroll. You're burning a scroll. You're burning daylight pop it for your daily dungeon, your daily BG, and then go do some dailies, writ dailies, or any dailies, anything to constantly have that flow of XP, and you're gonna be like, damn, when you're done, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, look at you, you got like 20, 30 CP today, and at 400, that's impressive. Exactly. That's, yeah. And that's a great tip. So, you get an A-plus on that question, Mel. Congratulations. Um, 
So now we kind of touched on it a little bit, but what got you into streaming? What was like, oh, maybe I should play this, maybe I should do this? You kind of touched on about people helping you, but was there anything else that kind of excited you about getting into streaming? Well, actually, I didn't. I got into streaming because I couldn't do YouTube. Okay. A long, long time ago, I was watching. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to tell you this story. This is a long time. This is Skyrim era. And I remember I was on, on, on my computer and I was looking at a video on YouTube of this guy who was trying to show you how to do this potion, specific potion of Skyrim. And I was watching this video and he was like, uh, so it's, um, God, what is it? Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he's walking around in his little house in White Run, and I'm like, I didn't have all this stuff prepped. And he was like opening drawers and he was like, ah, it's not here. Where'd I put it? Where'd I put it? And he was back and forth. I was all, this is a horrible video. This guy has no idea what he's doing. You know what? I want to make videos. So then I, I got my computer, built it, got my capture cards, got everything I needed. And then I was like, I don't know how to edit. This is awkward. Okay. Well, hmm. And then I learned about this thing uh, called Justin TV. And I was like, what's this? I can play video games at home and broadcast them. This is cool. And so I started streaming when it was just before Twitch became Twitch when it was Justin TV. And I was like, this is fun. It was my Xbox and I was having a blast and I had no mic, no mic. I was like, you yeah, know, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And I just kept dabbling into it until I got uh, better at it. And I went from Xbox to like my PS4. And then I was doing, uh, I started a streaming from the PS4 Destiny and I didn't go anywhere. And I was like, meh. And then I was tried Final Fantasy 14 and I was with that for almost two years. Oh, wow. And that's when I, that's when it really cemented me into streaming. And, and, and enjoying streaming and having fun with it and figuring it out. And that was from the console. I was streaming off my PlayStation. Yep. And because I, I had an issue with my capture card, I didn't know I had an issue because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But when I figured it out, then I was like, I'm streaming through PC. <laughs> Done. And then I was able to do like the overlays and, and have music. And I was like, this is awesome. And that's when I just, this when it took off. And I was, I, I had fun with it because it's great. It feels like you're, you know, you're making friends every day. You're playing video games with them. You're 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 BSing with them, and everyone's just having a good time. And that's why I was like, "This is really cool." It was way more fun than like, "Hey, uh, oh yo, it's your boy Milk with the new video coming to you live. Be sure to like, comment, all that stuff." Like it was, it's interactive, and that's something that is that makes streaming to me way better than just dropping a video and being like, "Oh, I'll talk to you in a comment in an hour or a year." Yeah, or get all the hate in the comments. Well, when it's in person, you can address the hate very easily, and I feel like it's less toxic than YouTube comments. So. It can be, but um, yeah, that I was uh, I was you I did YouTube and just nothing happened. So I did it for about a year and didn't see anything. And I'm like, eh. And then I got I was playing on Xbox and I actually just started streaming because I didn't have a capture card. So I would stream it and then take a video capture program on my computer and capture the stream and then put it on YouTube. I didn't even think about just extracting it like Twitch lets you do, because mm -hmm. I was scrubbing like a champ. So, I mean, humble beginnings, I guess. Um, and then, so you did Final Fantasy, and then you decided, nah, not Final Fantasy, and you decided streaming ESO? Yeah, uh, Final Fantasy, I was, I was streaming that for ages, and, um, I had built a decent following with it, but I had reached a point in the game where I just wasn't having fun. I would sit there, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing this game today. Um, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know what, guys, I'm just not gonna play this today, and then I was just, and I actually took two months off streaming, I didn't stream at all. And then 
I went I was I went back into the Destiny thing and then I was like doing raid sherpas for that and that was that was fun but that Des the Destiny community is like very very like closed like it's 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 you're either someone or you're no one. Yep. And I was like okay well that's that's the thing, uh, and then I was like you know what I just want to I'm gonna I want to play an MMO I want to get back into it but I don't want to go to Final Fantasy fourteen. Let's check out ESO again. Then I started playing it and then I started you know what I'm gonna stream it and then it just took off from there. And that's what I that's what I had stuck with. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and it you know like people are saying in chat, definitely do what you want to do. It's 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 commendable because when you build up a little bit of following in a game, it's very scary to be like, oh, what if I switch games? Oh, I want to switch games, but what if no one watches? Does the stream is that important to me, or do I care more about the game? And sometimes I I've talked to people, you have to like kind of balance it, and I I appreciate just that. Nah, screw it, I'm gonna go play a different game. So that's good, dude. That's definitely that's the way to do it. Like you said, having fun. So. Well, yeah, I mean, if if you if you get burnt out a little bit, like there was that day where I was like, you know what, like I like I I had a really rough time in VMMO. Screw this, I'm buying Detroit, and I played Detroit, and sure, like ten people watched me, but I was like, this is crazy, this is such a fun game. Or I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna play The Witcher today. I'm gonna play The Witcher, and of course, Bretzel's there, and I love Bretzel because he's always like, yes, The Witcher finally. <laughs> uh, but it's you know just having fun with it, and sometimes you know it's like, what do I want to do in this game today? Or uh, I'm gonna take this day and play a random game just for fun just to blow off a little bit of steam and not have not you know be like oh it's very interesting it's fun to do that yeah exactly and it's it's tough like you said only 10 people watch and i just have to again appreciate just like the the no craps given it's the way to it's the way to go about it you got to do what makes you happy and if like i feel like i'm repeating myself but it's it's just it's such a true point to streamers and it's something that i just feel like i lose sight of a lot so I appreciate hearing it. It's like, oh yeah, this is actually a thing, and you should like do this so you don't burn yourself out. But um, that goes into the question of like, are there other games you like to stream besides ESO at the moment, or are you like solely in ESO? Right now, I'm solely in ESO because there's nothing really on the market. If there's a game that I'm interested in, I literally will watch Dan's Gaming or Admiral Baru, and I'll be like, ah, I don't need to play that game anymore. It wasn't, you know, I was like, I got my fill of it. But there's really nothing out there that I want to actively stream right now. There's games that I do play offline um, when I'm not streaming, and it's just it's it's not ESO. Like I was playing um, No Man's Sky for a little bit, but okay. it's just like it's something a little different. Um, but as far as like I really just enjoy the community of ESO and coming in every day and faffing around with everybody, so it keeps it fresh for me every day. No, yeah, and there's definitely games I play off stream as well. I'm like a huge Madden fan. And like I'm like I can't stream this. I just rage. It's not not worth it. <laughs> I just gotta sit there and get mad. I'm like, God damn it! How would I get intercepted again? God damn it! So that's fair. That's fair. Um, are there any games that you're looking forward to coming up? Only Cyberpunk 2077. Just, um, maybe I'll check out Anthem. No Red, Red Dead. Dead? <sighs> no, because I'm, I'm I wasn't a big fan of Red Dead. I played Redemption for like four hours, and I was like, you know what? This is boring. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was beautiful, beautifully done for the time. The environments were amazing, but I just was like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, Red Dead, Red Dead. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. It feels I'm bare. Okay. It feels very bare. The space in between cities, it just feels like there's bandits and coyotes. Like, well, okay. I mean, during that era, that's kind of how it was. That's like, fair. you were lucky if you were out and you got lost. If you could, you were like, I hope I found find a town or a house or something. But yeah, I just I you know people have that love for that for that franchise, which is awesome, and you know they have an online component, which I'm like, are they gonna GTA it? 
Like, hey, you want to buy your shark cards? I mean, I guess I'll call them buffalo cards or something. I don't know. Like, hey, <laughs> you want to buy a million buffalo bucks? It's like, uh, how much? $60,000. I'm cool. No, thank you. Thank you, but no thanks. You want this custom horse and has a wing on it? Chrome. It's like, no, stop. Parachute, stop. Yeah, um, the other one, uh, Fallout 76. You know, Are you not a Fallout fan? Because me, personally, I was talking again to Kev yesterday. It's funny how I've kind of recycled topics, but I'm not a big Fallout fan. I'm just not a big post-apocalyptic guy, so I'm like, 76 sounds cool, looks cool, but I'll probably still be playing ESO. I was wondering if you were excited for it. Oh, I love the Fallout franchise. I've, I love it. I love It's not so much apocalyptic, but again, it's choose-your-own-adventure. Yep. You can yeah. extremely RP in it, and that's what I love about it. 76 is like a survival game. I don't do survivals. I'll never do a BG. I'll never, or not, what is it? Battlegrounds? Battlegrounds, yeah. Unknown yeah. player I'll, Battlegrounds. Uh, yeah. PUBG. PUBG. I'll never, PUBG. I'll never do a PUBG. I'll never do a Fortnite. I'll never do a Ring of Elysium or whatever they call it. That's just not my thing. Um, because I like to, if I'm going to play a Fallout universe, I want to get immersed in it instead of worrying about um, no scope, 360 headbanger killed you and is teabagging you as he's stealing all of your loot. And you're like, oh, cool. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Awesome. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, I just feel like with those games, the stream snipers are real. The community can be kind of toxic sometimes if you're not doing it the way they think it's right. So that's just my opinion. Um, we're almost out of time, but there's one more thing we need to talk about, Milk, and that is the voices. You don't need to do any of them, but have you always been doing voices? Like, has this just been something that's been going on since the day you came out? Or is this something you decided, hey, I'm going to do voices because they sound pretty good on stream? Because me personally, I think they're freaking hilarious, and the community does as well. But that uh, The voices thing is actually from my mom. Uh, she used to do this one voice, or she still does every now and then, uh, that we named Fluffy T. Squirrel. And it's just a higher-pitched version of her voice that sounds like a small creature. And as a kid, I would mimic her, and then I would see, like, things on TV and go, I want to try that voice. And then I remember as a kid, I saw Jim Carrey on, a, on a, an interview, and he was talking about, like, if you ever hear, you know, the way I got to where I was is I was practicing in a mirror silly voices and faces, and I was like, oh, so people do practice silly voices. And I just started going with it, and trying to see if I can mimic a voice. Like, my Solid Snake used to... Well, it kind of goes back and forth. Uh, I try to do a Solid Snake, and then it turned into, like, the movie guy. But then sometimes it can it can come out as a decent snake. But it just goes back and forth. Like, I'll hear a voice, and I'll, I'll try to imitate it over and over. And the game, the game has an abundance of voices that I just love to copy. Like, I'll do... Uh, like, my Zelda is nowhere as good as the real Zelda in the game, but I love Zelda as a character, so I try to do that voice. You know, I'll do my Arnold voice uh, to get people pumped about what they're doing, because the way he says pump, it's funny. But, yeah, I mean, I, I try to do... I've been doing voices for as long as, as I remember, and I just always thought it was fun. You know, like, hey, look, I'm going to do this voice. Well, Check I it out. It adds a nice flavor to your stream, and I personally love anytime you do the Khajiit, but my favorite one is when you do, like, the Raging Nerd. I don't know if you have a name for that one, but when you just get, like, so mad and, like, you kind of imitate someone who's giving you a tough time. Like, Milk didn't do this correctly. Like, you just kill that one. I cry <laughs> laughing. It's so oh, the funny. Oh, the, the slurp. You have to, like... Well, um, Snowstorm Studios invited me to a podcast. You think he kicked me off? And like that voice comes from like the rage of Reddit and like <laughs> yeah. the people in it. But you have to slurp first because you got to push your glasses up. And yes, I wear glasses. If you guys don't know, I'm streaming. I wear glasses when I stream. Um, but that voice is is a funny one because it, it started off of that like Freud Laving guy from The Simpsons who was mimicking. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor. 
but he has like a foundation that helps kids or whatever. But that one, I made it a little more annoying. My girlfriend hates that voice. It's hilarious. But I made it way more annoying because it represents, in my opinion, the toxicity and, and like the anger of the gaming community when they're like, don't hit that button, stupid. God, you're so dumb. And it's just like, hey, dude, pump your brakes. And you, you can see them behind the keyboard smashing it with their cheese Cheetos encrusted fingers. And you're just like, dude, wash those hands. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my mom, dad. And you gotta, you know, you add that slur because, you know, they're just so angry and foaming at the Salivated. mouth. They're just, just like, calm down, calm down. But like, you know, um, like it, it was funny a while ago, we were doing a nothing but ruins of Mazatune when we were getting motifs and we were getting people's skins. But it, um, I remember Rich Lambert, he came in and he was like, all I ever see you do is Mazatune. And I was just like, Kayak, he doesn't like it when we play his content. <laughs> And actually, I talked to him and Finn about talking to the marketing department to make Zellner dolls, like like pull string dolls. So whenever you pull it, be like, Zellner hates you. And you're like, oh, I love you, Zellner. And it would just be this cute little plush. <laughs> Honestly, you and Kev both have some of the best voices for, like, different characters. And I've said it before. You guys should try to do a voice for one of the new DLCs if Zoss ever would let you. Because I'm sure the community would freak out out they are they are well done have you ever thought about voice acting or uh you know i get that a lot and honestly from my understanding my sister has a friend who's in it you have to know people yep uh, yeah obviously. and it's just like well that's super hard to break in so i mean it's something i i, I do and i do it for fun but if it ever became anything to be awesome just because you know you know voice acting the you know you have to get the acting in behind it and i think that's something that kev do it himself does really well and it's funny a long 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 time ago when I was like still like, I'm still a tiny streamer, but when I was even smaller, uh, Kev DeWitt actually came to my channel because somebody was like, hey man, why are you copying Kev DeWitt? I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, do you know who Kev DeWitt is? And I was like, yeah, he has some funny videos. This dude is great. I love his directing. I love how he cuts when he makes his videos. His editing is, is, is amazing. I love it. And I was like, yeah, he's great videos. I love his stuff. And they're like, well, you should stop doing voices because that's his thing. And I was like, you need to pump your brakes on because that means every voice actor on a cartoon series right now has to stop voice acting and get permission from Kev Dewitt. I don't think that's how it works. And then like a week later, Kev Dewitt came to my channel. He was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, wait, are you the real Kev Dewitt? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, dude, awesome. I love your stuff. And then I never saw him again. I was like, okay. And, you know, time comes by and like he, he'll, he'll host me. I'll jump in his channel and be, what's up? And he'll be like, hey, nerd. And I'm like, oh, that's Kev Dewitt. He's awesome. And I would <laughs> love to do something with Kev Dewitt. In fact, I even joked with him. I was like, we should talk to um. Zoss to get us as like freelancers to do voices because I think it'd be super fun because he has a, a massive you know library of voices and I have a, an okay library and I think it'd be fun it's like yeah this whole DLC was voiced by two people that, just two it would be awesome even if they did like a trailer or a cutscene like like a trailer cutscene of just like you guys and your characters doing the talk I mean even if you guys just did a video together I've actually it was just my voice but Kev asked me to be in a couple of videos and I'm like I'm not a voice actor I can't do impersonations but um, I think, I mean, like I said, it's it's just really fun to listen to and really spices things up. But here's the thing, man. You know, you don't have to look for voice acting because the voices you do is such a staple of your stream and it's obviously working. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. I have a feeling it's going to go up. <laughs> I'm going to trust you on that. And if it doesn't, I know I'm going to come back. But, um, dude, find you. we are at our hour, actually a little over it. I want to thank welcome. you. I want to thank you so much for being on, dude. Seriously, it was nice getting to talk to you about this stuff. Nice getting 
your opinions on some things. Um, yeah, so thank you for coming, dude. Well, thanks for having me, dude. I had a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Um, guys, what I'm going to do, and I did this last night as well, is I'm going to go to the We'll Be Right Back screen. I'm going to get everything set up so we can move over to PC for our normal stream of the night. We're actually going to be doing the Summer Fall event. Um, and yeah, guys, if you guys haven't checked out Milk Viper here, I'm going to put his link in chat. It's so funny because, like, obviously bigger streamers will come, and it's like I'm shouting them out because I seriously, like, if you guys enjoy my content, I promise you you'll love their content because trust me. You gotta trust me here. Everyone who hasn't checked out Milk Viper, go check him out. He streams literally all day. He is a champ. I I have to commend you. I have to commend you, Milk. The, like, I get tired about after three hours of streaming. So after three hours, my voice is kind of sore. My legs are tired. I don't know if you sit when you stream, but I sit. I know a lot of people stand. And it's very tough for me to uh, go much longer. So when I see you still going, I'm like, damn, dude. This guy, he's got endurance. Maybe that's something we'll have to talk about on, when you come back. When I force you to come <laughs> back. For sure. So, guys, I will catch you all in about three minutes, and I'll see you then.